Heavenly Father, we come to you at this moment to thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word is still alive and is still the truth. As we open your word, open our hearts and our minds and let your word be clear in us. The one who's speaking right now is not even worthy to pronounce a word. But please, use him this morning. Remove his sin, everything, and even self, so that you can appear and speak to the heart. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So the seminar about false leaders. I would like to invite you in uh, Exodus 32. By the way, the papers that I gave you is some quotes from uh, uh, Spirit of Prophecy. When you see SOPs, Council to Leaders, it's the Spirit of Prophecy. SOP means uh, Spirit of Prophecy. And you will see that it's not only about false leaders, but counsel, more counsel to leaders for those who want to be in leadership and how to get uh, more and more uh, consecrated to God. Exodus chapter 32. Amen? All right, let's start. And when the people saw that Moses, verse 1, delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of Egypt, of the land of Egypt, we would not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool. After he made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which uh, brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. What's going on in these verses that we just read? These verses, we know that the people of Israel just came out of, of Egypt. They went through the Red Sea, and in chapter 20, we saw that God gave them the Ten Commandments. But in this particular verse and chapter, we see that there is a problem. That the people came to Aaron and asked him for God to go before them. Now, why were they asking for God to go before them? Was Aaron, Aaron was here. He was a leader as well. He can lead the people. But... The, verse, the first verse says that we don't know what's going on with Moses. What's happening with Moses? Because it's been so long, he went, and until now, we don't know what's going on. And some scholars say that it was on the... Uh, we, know, we know that uh, Moses stayed on, on the mount for 40 days. For 40 days. And this 
happened, what happened in chapter 32, happens on the 39th day before the 40th. And the 40th days, Moses came down. Now, do they really don't know about Moses? Or did Moses didn't say anything where he was going, what he's going to do, and what he's, he will do? Chapter 24, Exodus. Exodus chapter 24. All right. Verse 13. Let's read uh, from verse 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me in the mount, and be, and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone, and a law, and commandments, which I have written, that uh, thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. Now, what do we see in these verses? Does Moses went, left the camp, not saying anything where he was going? Did he say something what he's going to do? Did he say that he won't come back? No. According to this verse, he was talking to, to, to the elders and Aaron and, uh, and her, who was the, the leaders at, uh, at this moment in, in, in Israel, because Moses left for the, uh, is living for the mountain. When we look at that, we see that Moses told them where he was going, right? Where he was going. And what did Moses say? To tarry ye here until what? We come back. Now, the question is, I know you, you're still wondering, where's the false leader? Where's the false leader? But the thing is that what you have to understand, the false leaders, what we're going to see, is not something, is not someone that will come from outside and try to convince us to do something wrong. But what we're going to see in this story, in fact, the four seminars is from chapter 32 of Exodus. So this is what we're going to be studying for the four seminars. The thing is that all these things came out of Exodus chapter 32. 32 and even the false leaders and one thing that that happened to Aaron the first thing that happened to Aaron is that he forgot what Moses told him tarry ye here until we come but when the people came to him and says we don't know what's going on with Moses we don't know what Moses Maybe he's dead. Maybe something happened to him, but we don't know. But did Mo Aaron know what, where Moses is? He knows, but he didn't tell the people. One thing that Aaron failed to do is to remind the people of God, the people of Israel, what's going on. 
where is Moses? What he has promised. And one of the characteristics of a leader is to remind his people, is to remind his, uh, uh, his followers where we are going and what is our objectives. And when you fail in that, when you have a leader who doesn't have an objectives, who doesn't have something in view and doesn't have a hope, then it's not really a leader. Because where he's leading you, if he doesn't know what he believes, what he has learned, and he's not sharing with others. The thing is that Moses, uh, Aaron was here as leader, as a priest, but he failed to do what he was supposed to do, is to encourage the, the people to continue to wait until Moses comes. Now you may say that uh, Aaron was a priest, but today we have only pastors, we have only elders. You may say, but I'm not leaders, I'm not, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an elder. But read Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. It says that we have been called kings and priests. So you're a priest too. Which means that in some part of your life, you can be a leader in your house, at school, at work, in the church. But now, if you as a leader, as Aaron, when you forget what you believe, what you have been told to tell the people, you have failed in something. You have failed on one step. Because one thing that we have to understand, Moses told him, he could have just come and tell the people, listen, Moses told us this. He's going up, he's going to take some tables and laws, and he will come back and give us this. And we have to wait for, for him. And the thing is that, can you be in the presence of the living God and die? You can't. And this is what the people are saying. We don't know what's going on with Moses. So it might be dead. It might happen to him something. Or he left us here. But Moses made it clear. I will come back. Isn't it the same message that Jesus gave us? Isn't it the same message that Jesus said to uh, John? I come. And as a, we are going outside as a leader, do we remind others that he will come soon? And we have to hold on, on to these promises. The second thing that I would like to, to share with you in, 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 in this story is that what happened when, when, when the people came to him? What is the second thing happened? Verse 2 says that Aaron said, break off uh, and to them break off the golden earrings which are in in the ears of your wives your son and your daughters instead of taking part for god instead of standing firm for god he just go with them he didn't say stop let's reason let's talk about it let's 
find something. Let's, let's, let's try to study the Bible even if they don't have it. Let's try to, to do something so that we can know what's happening with Moses. But what he did, he just go with the crowd. And what did God say before that in chapter 30, uh, 23? Chapter 23. Can somebody read verse 2 for me, please? You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor oh. shall you testify in a disputed. So I shall turn aside after many because of judgment. All right. What the, the verse says, we should not, we should follow crowd. We should follow multitude, though. This is what he said. No, I'm asking. I don't know. We should follow the majority. Okay. We shall not follow the multitude. In fact, it's, it's so simple in a way that Jesus himself says, listen, you have to understand something. You just have to stand and watch. Where is the majority of people going? And just look, where's the minority are going? Just stop and see where is the large way and where is the small one and you will see where you, wh what you have to follow. In fact, it is so easy that God himself gave us everything. When you look at it, what Aaron says, what Aaron did, he followed the majority. The point that I would like to bring in in this story is that he failed to stand firm in his belief. As a leader, you have to know where you stand. I would like to invite you to read with me in... Um, okay. I don't, I don't think I have it here. But I find something, it is interesting, it is in the book of, uh, well, it is letters that Ellen White uh, wrote. It is letter 10, 1896. It says that the, this neglect to stand up firmly for truth was the sin of Aaron. I, I don't think you have it here. You don't have it here. But it, it, is, it is found in letter 10. Uh, 1896 by Elan G. White. All right. What was the sin of Aaron? A neglect to stand firm for the truth. And the thing is that what happened here is that Aaron, as a leader, he was supposed to, to stand, to settle in something. And this is what we're going to read in... Uh, in uh, the second paragraph in, your, in, your, in the page that I gave you. And it is taken from Testimonies to Ministers and Gospel Workers, page 403. Sorry. God cannot use, the second paragraph, God cannot use undecided leader. If a man is dis divided, undecided, unsettled, until he is sure that he will lose nothing, he shows that he is a man God can use? Cannot use. But what happened? But many 
or working in this line. They have not been appointed by God or else they have decidedly failed to work by the mighty agency of the Holy Spirit. You cannot come into the work of God and not be settled in what you believe. You cannot, still dis you cannot come into the work of God and still discussing some principles, some doctrine of God. We have to be firm. You can bend on this side, on this side, on this side, but don't move. In a way that Aaron was moved by the multitude. Why did he do that? Why he wasn't firm in, his, uh, in, his, in what he believes? Why he wasn't firm in, in, in the truth? Why he neglected this? Do we find some reason? Can we suggest some reason? If I suggest some reason, I would say, well, the one that I'm suggesting is already in, in, the, in the, if you read Pat, uh, Patriots and, and Prophet, you will see this. One of the reasons that he failed to stand firm is that he was afraid for his life. When you see a bunch of people coming to you and say, we want a God, what you going to do? And you're standing alone. And you know what you believe is true. What do you do? When you see all these people around you and claiming for a God, claiming for something else, claiming for something that will compromise your belief, what do you do? Do you stand firm? All right, the third paragraph. The third paragraph. What kind of leader God needs? Such a crisis demanded a, a man of firmness, decision, and unflinching courage. One who held the honor of God above popular favor, personal safety, or life itself. Did you get that? I, I put it in bold because I believe that things that I put in bold was really interesting and, and we have to, 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 to really grasp this idea. Is that one who held the honor of God above popular favor, personal safety, or life itself. Which means that we, you don't care about your life, but you care about the truth of God. That he was supposed to be ready to die even if God doesn't intervene in that matter, but you know that it is the truth. Like uh, if we take the example of Daniel's, of, of, of uh, his companions, we know that we should not bow down before these this idols, but do whatever you want. I won't do it. You can put me in, 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 in the fiery furnace, that's okay, even if God doesn't help us, but we won't do it. That's how firm he was supposed to be. And how, that's how firm we are called to be as, as leaders as well. They have not been appointed by God, uh, but uh, I'm continuing. But uh, the present leader of Israel was not in this character. Aaron feebly remonstrated with the people. 
but his wavering and timidity at, this, at the critical moment only rendered them the more determined. In other words, his lack of being firm in the truth encouraged the people to go forward with their demand. Lack of firm, of being firm in the truth of God. One thing, I was suggesting things that uh, might make him believe, uh, what might make him fall and uh, abandon his firmness. One, we saw uh, he was afraid for his life. And two, do you think that he forgot what Moses said? And three, do you think that he was uh, more inclined to please others than to please God? And do you think, the fourth suggestion, do you think that he also missed something from Egypt? What I'm trying to tell you here is that we have so many reasons why leaders fall, why Aaron falls, because we see a lot of people around him and his only problem is maybe his fear for his life. And maybe he just wants to put everyone on the same level and please everyone and please the majority that he said, okay, let's do something. But the fact is that as a leader, first things you do as a leader is to please God. If something, even the majority come and want to, be, to, to, to find something from you to please them, go back to God and see if it is it pleased to, to God. I was... I was called to do uh, some uh, studies with uh, young people at church. And uh, I was just helping someone who's the leader. And uh, let's say I was the co-leader. <laughs> and uh, for me, the idea that he has, um, I wasn't too sure about it. For me, it's kind of, it's not really biblical and uh, I don't know what the spirit of prophecy says about it. So what I did, I didn't say anything to him. I went home and I prayed about it. I said, uh, because the young people was also interested with, with this kind of new ideas coming into the church, you know. And I was like, yeah, they love it, but uh, there's something that, I don't feel it to be right to do it in the church. I went home, what I did, that was my prayer for several weeks and months. I prayed about it. I'm like, Lord, you have to show me if it is right or wrong. If it is right, I'll go with it. If it is wrong, stop it. And you know what happened after a few months? The idea changed completely. What we were supposed, what we were planning to do, we are not planning it anymore. We are just doing something else that will help us to grow into the Word. 
In fact, what we are doing now is to help young people to share their faith in, the, let's say, three to five minutes. Is that what we are teaching them to do is that we know our doctrine. But how do you explain our doctrine to someone who's asking, let's say, for the state of dead, dead people? How do you explain that in three minutes or five minutes? Because let's face it, you have friends. They, 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 like, they, they, they like to talk to you. They like to listen to you. But uh, concerning God, sometimes you're like, uh, okay, I had enough of it. But you just have a few minutes with them to share something essential. So what we are trying to do now is to uh, bring them something that they, will can sh that they will be able to share in three minutes. So the basic idea that we're supposed to have in the beginning, we put it aside. Because God intervened in this situation. When you want to please everyone and you know it's not right, you're just stepping away from what you believe. And this is what happened to Aaron. Following the crowd, pleasing everyone. And like I said, maybe, I'm, yes. After the seminar or? Sorry? Sure, no problem. I understand that. Um, the thing is that, okay, what you have to do is you have to, there's one thing amazing with, with what God gave us. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, the possibility to think. And what he said in, in, in uh, Je what Jesus said, unless you be a, like a child, you won't inherit the kingdom. When you are with the child, you have to think like them. You have to try to figure out what would you do when you were at that age. What would be fun, but at the same time, helpful in our spiritual life. For example, let's say uh, young people, how old are they? Like, very young? Okay, all right. I thought it was smaller one. <laughs> all right, uh, 18, 20s. 20s, 18. Uh, what you can do with them is try to get them to, to, to talk to you about what they feel about the doctrine, the church, everything. Give them open, let them open their mind, their heart to you. And then what you receive from them, you will see where's the problem. Maybe sometimes we are so uh, into our integrity that we fail to... I don't know if I have these quotes here. Uh, 
Mm. Okay. We Okay, let's let's. I'm not saying that it's you. Eh? <laughs> I'm not saying it's you, but uh, it's something that I find in testimonies for the church. No, it's uh, Christian uh, leadership. The book Christian leadership or uh, testimonies to ministers and gospel workers. And it says there is there is a most fearful, fatal deception upon human minds. Because men are in position of trust, connected with the work of God, they are exalted in their own estimation and do not discern that other souls, fully as precious in the sight of God as their own, are neglected, are handled roughly, and bruised and wounded and left to die. So it is something that we have to understand as leader. We are not here to try to oppress or try to put what we believe in them. But we are here to help them to love what we believe. And that, when they open their heart to you, know what their problem, know what they, they, they want to achieve, what they want to do in, in, in church. Because some, some young people really want to do something but they are not sure. They are not sure. They just need someone to guide them in this field. And the second thing is that as a leader, you have to, uh, let's say, for example, another example, most of the youth are at school, college. How do you live a Christian life in this atmosphere? How do you share your belief when someone asks you a question, why you don't eat pork, why you don't drink, why you don't dance, why you don't do that? So you have to get them to be connected with something that is actual. It's like more, uh, more young people, if you bring something actual, if you bring something more uh, like nowadays, like uh, what they are facing in the real life, this is what attracts them the most. So basically what you have to do is to know what they have in their head and their heart. Ask questions. What do you think about something? What do you think about the church? What do you think about everything? And then what do you think how we can change that? What do you think should ha we should have in the church? And then based on, on this, you can build up uh, uh, studies or... Uh, I don't know, something with them so that you can build uh, where there is error. Let's say, uh, let's say someone says, oh, I like to dance in the, in the church. Yeah, and like, oh, that one, we can do it. But what we can do is to understand why we don't dance. Let's do that. So you divert the attention on something concerning dancing or you make a study or, uh, or yeah, a study on, on, on dance or, s like I I'm taking an example like from, from my head. All right, so, wow, what time was supposed to finish? 11.45? Yeah. Okay, we still have time. So, what basically happened here is that he failed to stand firm. Firm 
doesn't mean that we have to oppress others. Firm doesn't mean that we have to say, you are wrong. Firm doesn't mean that we have to be mean with others when they are not following God's word. Firm means simply that what we believe, we are not standing one day here and one day on the side. One day with Jehovah, one day with And uh, yeah, let's read something. Okay, verse four and five, chapter thirty-two. We we are studying chapter thirty-two for the fourth seminar. We're going to study study this chapter. This chapter, verse four and five. Are we there? Amen. All right, and. Someone can read it for us, please. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molly cap. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. All right. What do you see in these verses? What do you see in these verses is that we have something happen. Aaron says to break off the goldens and, and, and bring them to, to, to him. And verse 3, all the people obeys to, to, uh, to Aaron's request. And verse 4, he said that he received them at their hand and they made a molten calf. Did you see something here? Who made the golden calf? Who made the false god? Aaron. Because let's, in verse 4 he said, uh, He received, he fashioned, he made it. And then in verse 5, he built an altar. And five, uh, verse 5, he proclaimed that tomorrow there will be a feast for for the Lord. You see what's happening here? Is that we have a leader who failed to remember what Moses told him. We have a leader who failed to stand firm for what uh, he believes. We have a leader now who's uh, trying to please the multitude, but also we have a leader who's bringing, who, who bring among God's people a false God. He is one of the leader. He is one of the priests. He is one who was used by God. But now he's the one who's bringing up a false leader, a false God. How can you do that? It's, it's, it's something that we cannot think about. How can you fall fell that down that, and go that far in this, uh, in this uh, path. You forget, you're not firm, and now you made for false God. The thing is that what Aaron did 
it is something that is happening in the end time as well. It is something that God, um, what is it? It is something that that God that will happen in the last days. Just want to read something with you. It says here. Uh, all right. It says here, men have appeared. I don't have it here. Um, men have appeared who claim to be champions of truth, professing to have a great burden for the souls of their fellow men. But they taught false doctrines and perverted the truth. The spirit they manifested, the work they wrought, uh, testified to the character of their religion. Such men have arisen and do arise and will continue to arise in our own day. They will criticize, judge others, but also they will put false interpretation on, on the scriptures. So basically what, what the spirit of prophecy is saying is that these will continue to happen in the last days. What we have seen so far, you will see people that we look up to, people that stand and are leaders as well, who will fail to, uh, uh, to remind the people of God the hope, their hope, and uh, uh, who will fail to be firm in their belief, but also who will bring a false God among God's people. So, what do you see in this story is that you see someone who was close, who was used by God, someone who's among the people of Israel, someone who's, uh, uh, let's say, a leader and a priest among, uh, in, 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 uh, for the people of Israel, but yet he's the one who brought the false God. What is the false God? Should I say it? Or should I keep it for the next seminar? I'll keep it for the next seminar. <laughs> what basically, uh, I'm just gonna give you a little hint of it, that the false leaders will bring false interpretation to the scripture. And this will be our next seminar because we're going to go into it. What is it? And this is why we have to make sure that we have things right with God because we can also have false God. It's not this thing that we see. It's not our money or whatever or our car or something. But it's something more deeper than that. So... Basically, what we have seen so far is that leaders, how they become a false leader, if we can say. If when you see a leader who's not doing his... Now, don't go to your church and try to f look at every leader in your church. Yeah, he's a false leader. No. The thing is that we have to understand something. We are leaders as well. We are priests as well. That's the, what the Bible says. And when we look at ourselves, are we still believing in this blessed hope that we have? 
Are we as leaders sharing what we believe with others, with the people of God, for those who doesn't know much about God? And as a leader, are we firm, settled in what we believe? And third, we have to make sure for not bringing false God in the midst of God's people. Now, uh, just want to read something with you. Um, all right. We talked about false leaders. We, we just have to, to know also there's some good leaders. And how to be a good leader, that's why I put it counsel to leaders. Because I just want, because when you come to, to, to the others, if you have time, I'm not going to talk only about false, 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 and you go to sleep, you think about false, false, false sleep, and false uh, everything. No. We're going to talk also about genuine. What is it, the genuine? What is the, 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 the real one? And this is what we're going to see in uh, what, what I tried to put in, 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 in this uh, page that I gave you. And this is the counsel to leaders. You can, you can find counsel what to, what to practice and what not to practice as well. And I'm reading, leaders are learners. Those who accept a position of responsibility, okay, responsibility in the cause of God should always remember that with the call to this work, God has also called them to walk circumspectly before him and before their fellow men. Instead of considering their duty to order and dictate and comment, they should realize that they are to be learners themselves. Now, watch this. I put it in italic. When a responsible worker fails to learn his lesson, the sooner he is released from his responsibilities, the better it will be for him and for the work of God. <laughs> All right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that one I put it in Talik and was like, oh, goodness gracious. Okay. You ha we have to stop and see where we are going and put ourselves on the right track. Position will never give holiness or excellence of character. He who honors God and keeps his commandment is himself honored. The question which each should ask himself in all humility is, am I qualified for this position? Have I learned to keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment? The Savior's earthly example has been given us that we should not walk in our own strength, in stre strength, but that each should consider himself, as Solomon expressed it, a little child. Testimonies for the Church, nine, and uh, chapter nine, verse uh, page two hundred and eighty-two, eighty-three. So you see how to be a leader that that God needs. They are learners. They are those who are ready to learn. They are those who, who will stop. When they see that there's something wrong, they will stop and see if they are doing things right and then move forward. In fact, if, if you take creation, the uh, Genesis uh, chapter 1, if you take creation, you will see that God 
He knows everything, all right? But even in creating the world, he stopped and see if it was good. And then he said, this is the first day. Let's move to the second day. And he moves. If God stop while doing something in his plan, shall we not stop and think where I'm going, what I'm doing? Am I leading the people of God right? Or am I doing something wrong? My prayer for every one of us is that we don't go out of here as a false leader <laughs> because the Tsaminoz is false leader. But we go out of here, learned how to be a leader for God and let God use you as He wants, as He wants. And also, we have this humble thoughts and mind as Solomon to be a child in front of God. I would like to invite you before we take questions. Uh, to rise and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this moment. We thank you so much that uh, through your words, through a couple of verses, we see that there is a man who was used by you and who has experienced many great things with you, but yet he failed in many aspects of his life. So we are here to learn from the errors of others. Help us not to commit the same errors. Help us not to do the same thing, but teach us how to be a better servant for you. As we leave this place, as we're gonna do and prepare ourselves for other seminars, Please help us to keep in mind, please to please you always and only you always. We thank you, we praise you and all these people who came here this morning, I thank you that you brought them here, that you will continue to bless them throughout this day, that they will learn more things to serve you in a better way for your glory. Thank you so much, Father, for listening to our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.